From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. Jimmy Fallon watched a lot of TV as a kid and gravitated toward the golden age of late 1970s sitcoms like Barney Miller and Mary Tyler Moore. But Taxi was one of his all-time favorites, and in particular, an episode from late in the show's run, when Jim, played by Christopher Lloyd, loses his father. The episode's poignant ending still resonates with Fallon to this day. I've never seen anything like this. It's the most funny, poignant, most beautiful thing. I, I just, I, I don't know, it just always stuck with me in my head. It, There's so many episodes from that show that stick in my head, but that kind of changed me a little bit. I always think of that. When my mom passed, like, I, I wanted to go back to work on The Tonight Show just to get something to keep me... I don't know, maybe that was inspired by that episode. I don't know. On this edition of the podcast, we talked to Jimmy Fallon about his favorite episode of TV ever, the 1982 taxi episode, Jim's Inheritance, as well as sitcoms in general, and also what he misses most about Los Angeles. It's my favorite episode. Thank you, DJ Omar Khan, for the theme song. It's my favorite episode, and this time out, we're talking to The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, host Jimmy Fallon. Fallon's pick is the Taxi, season five episode, Jim's Inheritance. Written by Ken Esten and directed by Noam Pitlick, the episode first aired on October 7, 1982. Jim's Inheritance is a showcase for Christopher Lloyd, whose character, the Reverend Jim Iggy Ignatowski, discovers that his father has passed away. The storyline came about when the real actor who played Jim's dad, Victor Buono, also had died earlier that year. In the episode, Jim discovers that his father has left him $3.5 million in his will, but his siblings sue to declare him incompetent and have control of his estate. I'd like to talk to Mr. Ignatowski. How are you feeling today, Mr. Ignatowski? Uh, competent. <laughs> May I elaborate on that, Your Honor? Jim is the wisest man I ever met. This man is so far ahead of the rest of us that most people often mistake his wisdom for burnt-out brain cells. (laughs) Your Honor, take it from me. This man is one smart cookie. Boss. If you feel like that about me, who cares about the money? Shut up, you idiot. (laughs) Christopher Lloyd won an Emmy that year for Supporting Actor in a Comedy, while writer Ken Esten was nominated for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series for the episode. For Fallon, Taxi was the perfect sitcom. The characters, the theme song, the directing, the writing. He calls it like watching good theater. We recently sat down with The Tonight Show host to recap the episode, as well as discuss sitcoms in general and hosting the Emmys, as well as new tweaks he's making to The Tonight Show to keep things fresh. But first, since Fallon was in Los Angeles, we talked about his time here and what he missed most about living on the West Coast. You know, this is so different from New York, so I love the business and I love 
all of it. And I remember being out here struggling, and I remember driving. And I remember I don't drive anymore. You don't drive anymore. Yeah, do you miss driving? Um, no. no, I'm not. Good. I'm really frightened when I drive. I'm a terrible driver, but uh, uh, there's something about it I miss. I miss the radio of it all. Uh, you don't listen to that much radio in New York unless you have it on your, you know, if you're streaming it or yeah. have it on your, you know, your, your AirPods or whatever like that. But usually when you when you're driving out here, you have nothing but radio to listen to, and there's really good stations out here. Yeah, and now podcasts. So do you have time to listen to podcasts? Do you? I have to make time. I mean, and the weather's got to be good so I can walk to work, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that's, but I listen to podcasts now. That's like the biggest thing ever. And I do that. And uh, now they're doing like audible streaming stuff. I'm doing that now. I'm just trying every medium. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. How it's kind of just grown and uh, in all different ways. You're like, oh, wow, podcasts? I didn't see that one really blowing up as big as it is. Right, and and the irony is it's basically radio, uh, you know, modern day radio. People yeah. doing plays and and you know doing comedy and and doing like the kinds of things you you know you did in the '30s on the radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great, and I love radio. I love the fun of it because right now I could be like, I love your hat. It's beautiful. <laughs> I guess you're wearing it for the Kentucky Derby. I guess. Yeah. There, there you go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not bad, but is he wearing a hat? We don't yeah, know. yeah. It's the fun of radio. I look very pretty right now. <laughs> hey, well, look, it's, it's raining. <laughs> exactly. See, yeah. it? See I'm we're, trying to, we're bringing it back. I'm bringing it way back. I'm like a Foley artist. <laughs> bringing it back. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I love it out here. I think it's great. And I, I, I think about the, the fun times and uh, the, Mr. Damiano's. Was it? Was it oh, yeah. No, Mr. Pizza. Damiano's Mr. Pizza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate Mahalini's. Fair, Fairfax, yeah, which no longer exists. Neither one exists. Yeah, I yeah. I remember Chris Rock took me to dinner at Kate Mahalini's once. I went to go see him at the amphitheater. And my friend knew him, and he was like, we're going to meet at Kate Mahalini's, and I'll treat. And I had no money. I mean, I was living off of like half a brick of ramen noodle soup. So yeah. I was so excited to eat anything. And he treated us for dinner. I'll never forget it. Kate Mahalini's was like, the most delicious thing I've ever had in my lifetime. And yeah. But Johnny Pastrami's on Sepulveda. Uh-huh. Do you know that? Around the Venice area? Is it? Yeah. Is or that Mar- still around? Yeah, I'm not that's sure. That's definitely should. That's the best corned beef pastrami and hot mustard and pickles in the world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Johnny Pastrami's <laughs> run, don't yeah. walk. And Jen. then run again because it's a lot of calories. And how, how have you never had a character named Johnny Pastrami? <laughs> have I not done the, my famous character, Johnny Pastrami, <laughs> yeah, based on my L.A. Uh, experience? Remember Johnny Pastrami? So did you, you move back uh, for, for SNL? Or, or yeah. how long has it been now since you lived out here? It's been a while. Yeah, that was 98. It was probably the last time I lived out here. But uh, I had two apartments, one in Mar Vista, one in Brentwood. Um, and I used to like, have nothing to do during the day. Uh, because I'm a comedian, so you work at nighttime. Yeah. And I would just watch soap operas, and uh, I would see how fast, if I could make it from the murder scene to o- to OJ's house. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, stuff, things you do at that time in LA. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I never could do it, so I go, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. No, but uh, I, you, you got to test yourself, you know? Yeah. But I used to do that, and I used to, like, oh, gosh, play basketball, and I just oh, I had so many auditions and rejections, and I remember. There was a Carl's Jr. parking lot by Universal that I remember crying in. <laughs> this is over. I'm not going to make it. It's officially, I'm officially done. I can't crack it. I'm actually lost it. I have no money. I have no, I don't even know if I have a future. I don't know if anyone likes me. What's going on? It was really rough. And uh, happily, I went back to that Carl's Jr. 
and ordered everything. No, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they dedicated a booth to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I have my own ride at Universal now. Yeah, <laughs> come on, that, cool. ex- exactly. How cool is that? And man? then you can go to Carl's Jr. after. By the way, I'm, I'm sure you're not the first person to cry in a Carl's Jr. parking lot. <laughs> I, good or good or like bad. That, that's that's what, the thing. That's the thing that, that, that happens. Is, after you eat or <laughs> just in general like it's all I could I, I couldn't even afford I didn't even think I ordered anything I just parked in there because I just left a, a, an audition that they said I knew I blew it yeah you know because your agents tell you when you go into the audition they go bring your piece of paper with you to your lines hold it in your hand so that it doesn't look like you're polished it looks like there's room for improvement so you go oh well, this kid kind of green but there's room for improvement I can direct him He's got the part. So I would go in with the, I mean, at the time, I want to say fax machine copy of the script. And I'd go in and read my line. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, I just don't I just don't miss those things. But I see those things, those scenes in La La Land or whatever you watch. And, or I have kids come on my show and talk about auditioning. And I don't miss it at all. Do you remember any shows that uh, went on to actually exist that you auditioned for that, uh, you know, of course. had a chance? Brady Bunch 2, I, that was my first audition on the Paramount lot. Uh, was it Deb Aquila, maybe, was the casting director? Uh, well, maybe it wasn't Deb, but it was my first one. And just getting onto the Paramount lot, you're like, oh, I made it. This is Hollywood. Yeah. This is so beautiful. Through those arches, the yeah. gates, oh my gosh. You go, this is like where they filmed The Godfather. This is, you know, you looked over to the right. There's like a Klingon taking a coffee break, like smoking. And I was like, this is show business. Oh, my gosh. This is where I want to do this. Yeah. And then I I had one line where it was like, it was a lifeguard. I played lifeguard number two. And I was like, get out of the water. or Something like that. (laughs) And I did it horribly. And I had the piece of paper in my hand. And I remember someone in the room, probably not Deb Aquila, but someone saying, "Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. I go, you just say bye bye like the sketch, the SNL sketch. Like, <laughs> like, does people really do that? So I go, oh, okay. Do you want me to do it again? They go, no, we're good. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. I go, wow. And then once you leave, you're not coming back to Paramount. I mean, that's you had your pass. Yeah. So you, you can't wander. I'm so afraid of getting arrested or something on the Paramount lot. Like, yeah. why are you here? Uh, but. You didn't do one of those things where you like stormed back in the room and said, "Listen, I am lifeguard number two. No, you, yeah." And then the yeah, now get out of the water. Like, Bravo! That's what we wanted. They slowly stand. We wanted to push you to the edge of you saying, "Get out of the water." Yeah, that's the beginning. That's but the beginning remember, of the magic. I was reading Gary Marshall's book, uh, "Wake Me When It's Funny." Someone gave me that when I moved out to L.A., and I remembered all the stories about being on that lot and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy and Happy Days and so I was just like looking around like I just wanted to see anyone making a show or yeah. uh, you know I just I loved it I really I, I, I'm a fan of you know the business I love movies I love TV I'm like this is insane what's happening right now now check out this segue another Paramount show was Taxi this is this is why you get paid the big. Bucks. This is why you get paid the big. <laughs> this is why I'm a journalist. Uh, getting the big journo cash. Uh, were you? Were you? Taxi is my all time favorite show of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite. How how'd you get into Taxi? You're a, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> taxi was my mom and dad. Uh, we would watch Taxi. It was we watched a lot of TV. I remember having dinner with the TV snack tables. And we're all around the TV, and we watch television all night long. 
I mean, my dad would get home from work and we'd watch Barney Miller and uh, I mean, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore and uh, uh, Taxi was one of our all-time favorites and sometimes it would be a little too risque for me and my sister so we weren't allowed to watch yeah. you know, certain episodes where I remember we would go like, but mom, we have to find out if you know, uh, Simka's going to sleep with Alex. <laughs> She's like, okay, good night. Like, exactly. What are you talking about? I think most of that was just kind of going over your head, but well, you just you wanted to see Latka. And you yeah, wanted we, to... well, you thought his voice was funny. You know? yeah. We didn't understand, but we, I, I just remember it, uh, it being so uh, emotional, but like funny, but also touching and, and charming. Yeah. So, uh, and, and just even from the beginning of the show, I think it's the Queensboro Bridge, it's a loop of a taxi on a bridge. And it's a really badly cut loop. If you watch it, you can see them. It loops around four times as all the credits are rolling. Uh-huh. But that sad theme song. That's theme song, oh, which gets in your head. It's haunting. Angela's theme. Yeah, it's, it's the saddest thing for a sitcom. Oh, it's for a sitcom. And then the keyboard comes in. That's like, it's beautiful, yeah. like rose, like... It's groovy. It's electric. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it just reminds me of New York City. And then you see where the show's set, which is a cabbie garage. Yeah. And the whole show's set in the garage. And I love that. I love that that's the set. Yeah, yeah. How did you tell the show? You know, what's interesting is it's because it's a workplace comedy. And you wouldn't think that that kind of show would appeal to kids. But... Uh, I remember Greg Daniels has a theory that those kind of workplace comedies, like The Office, actually appeal to kids because it reminds them of school. It reminds them of the hierarchy. It reminds them of sort of there's the teacher. In this case, it would be Danny DeVito. Um, oh, and yeah. then there's the, like the, the misfits. Bad. Everyone's got sort of their role just like they do in school. Yeah, I thought it was just the perfect sitcom because they had every character. Yeah. You know, they had you know, Mary Lou Henner was just – she was just – Gorgeous, you know. Then you had Tony uh, Banta, Tony Danza, who was just the, like the kind of dumb jock. Yeah. Alex, you had Judd Hirsch was he was the you know the brains. Jeff Conway wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Danny was the tough, you know. Danny DeVito was Louis De Palma. Uh, Jim was spaced out. Yeah. Uh, like drugged out dude. Latka was a foreigner that I don't know. What, I mean. I don't know how he invented that. Right, right. Just no that. one really knew where he's from or what language, but he made up a language. Yeah, and of course, the genius of Andy Kaufman. Um, oh, brilliant. You could have a full-on episode with gibberish. Yeah. But also, it's, uh, it's uh, James L. Brooks. Yeah. And it's uh, Ed period Weinberger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not Ed Weinberger, Ed, Ed Dot. Period, yeah, which I never, uh, what that was all about. Yeah, I don't know how but, you do that. What, what does that mean? But I, there's probably another Ed Weinberger somewhere yeah. else. And he had to change his name. He just yeah. put a period in there. Yeah. But uh, and, Sam and, Simon and, yeah, it's just interesting. So many talented people came out yeah. of that show. Jimmy Burroughs, of course. James Burroughs. Yeah. That's, James Burroughs is like, I mean, Royalty, legend. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is, and this is, was this his first show or one of his first shows? One of his. I mean, he came, because uh, then, of course, they all uh, moved on to do, do their own thing. Yeah. They, they created their own company after that. Or I think they went to MTM, maybe. I forget what the t- the timing was. But um, there's so many, so many talented yeah. people there. Like, and just the style of the show was great for me, too. And the directing and, yeah. for, for me, Taxi was like watching in my head 
now I'm older, I can go, it's like watching good theater. Yeah, yeah. It was a great play every it's, week. Yeah, there's the fourth wall, there's a stage, and they're all on the stage. They're all talking, you're the fourth wall, watching, this is what, you know, any great sitcom, three-camera sitcom, you know, Seinfeld or whatever it is, like, you're that, you're the wall no one sees. Yeah. You know, what, what would be on this wall of the, of the garage? No one will ever know. Yeah, yeah. There, you, you couldn't describe it. I'd love to see someone draw it, what they think would be on that wall. But there's no soda machines. There's nothing. Right. Or else right. you'd be using it. Right. What is that, that fourth what wall? What is that fourth wall? You know, it's funny, uh, speaking of James Burroughs, a couple of years ago, NBC did a special, because I think it was like his thousandth, thousandth yeah. episode that he was directing or something. So they brought back the cast of all the shows, yes. including Friends and Taxi oh, and a couple others. And so, so I got to go to the taping, and I sat at the table right next to the Taxi cast, they were the loudest. <laughs> like, they were partying. Like, this crew who hadn't, like, you know, the show ended 40 years ago. They yeah. were just having the time of their lives. They, you know, oh, they're so all there. Good. Yeah. I mean, you watch these episodes and you go, Tony Danz is a great actor. He's fantastic. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is unbelievable. They all had their, they've all had, and Danny DeVito. I mean, this, uh, Rhea Perlman, when she would come on, yeah. you know, as a. Carol Kane. Carol Kane. I mean, they all had these moments that and I, I, I just and, always was blown away. Everyone's got their episode that it probably is their favorite episode of their own, you know, acting real. But, I mean, everyone got the score in that show. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing how you could just do that. Maybe it was the 70s or, you know, or you know, where you could put serious issues into a 23-minute show, but... They really did it. Yeah, there was something, I think, more freeing with the shows back then. Of course, also the era of, of the Norman Lear shows, and there was just this exactly. ability to do that kind of thing. You couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't have a character, a main character, be raped. No. I mean, Edith was uh, raped. Not on broadcast. <laughs> what? Definitely not on broadcast. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, Dudley was molested on different <laughs> strokes. You know, he's a exactly. main character. Gordon Jump. Gordon Junk, dude, Gordon from Jump. WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. He went dark. Cartoon, dude, anyway, he took the he dark went dark. He went really, I go, well, I mean, imagine being Dudley's agent or his mom going like, what? Hey, good news. We got, a, we got another role for Dudley. Here's the role. Here's the, here's the episode. Like, yeah. Okay. So do you watch WKRP, <laughs> Dudley's mom? Um, <laughs> you know, a fan uh, of... Uh, Venus flytrap? Yeah, of, of radio? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was, but I mean, I, I just love that they could take those, take that much space and that much breathing room again, like in a 23 minute sitcom for serious stuff, but take the time and like breathe and act and let you. That's always my favorite when the audience solves the joke or they get the punchline or they are on the same page. And you know what I'm saying? As yeah. opposed to just. Rat a tat tat. Here's the joke, and you know, yeah, I don't have to do any work. But the audience do some work. So the the episode that you chose is actually late in the show's run. It's from season five, yeah. actually, when the show had even jumped from ABC to NBC uh, for its final is this season. An NBC one. This is an NBC one, but it's still a great episode, and and uh, you know, it's a real showcase for Christopher Lloyd. Oh, I mean, so. can you imagine an actor doing what? The episode I chose. Was Taxi? It's, I think it's called Jim's Inheritance. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, season five, episode two. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, I don't know if he won an Emmy for this. But he did. As a matter of fact, he did win an Emmy for this. He did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. And the writer of the episode was nominated. Uh, but yeah, this was Chris Lloyd picked up an Emmy for this. I, I'll never ever forget it. I just 
if anyone, he should have won an Oscar for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's really, it shows what a great actor, who can do anything. The idea of it is, I mean, do you, I don't know if you want to set it up or me, but Jim's, Jim's dad died. He dies. Yeah, and right. the actor who played Jim's dad in, in real life had passed away. So that's what sort of... So side note on him, by the way, which I didn't know much about, this this guy who uh, passed away, his name was Victor Charles Buono. Buono, maybe? Buono? Something like that. B-U-O-N-O. But so he played uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd's uh, character's father. Uh, so he passed away earlier that year. Uh, he was he was a large man, and they make jokes about how large he was. But yeah. he was only forty three when he died. But he like he made a, he, he had a, a career out of playing older characters than Ooh, how old he actually was. But he was only forty three. Gosh, he played much older. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the backstories a lot of people don't rem- remember from Jim Ignatowski, who everyone did an impression of. If you did an impression, you're like. Everyone always, everyone has a gym or had one. Yeah. Uh, Is that he was at one point a very uh, smart Harvard student. Uh, He was a genius. Right. His name was James Caldwell, I want to say, is his real name. Yeah, before he changed it. Yeah. He he changed it to Ignatowski. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is so funny. It's just great. I just, but he was. And then no one really explains right, really kind of what happened. I think the, the, the backstory is he eats like a pot brownie yes, or something. Exactly, exactly. And, it's a pot brownie. That's, that's exactly what And then his face changes. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, yeah. He takes a bite and you just see his face transform into Jim Ignatowski's. This was one of the best acting jobs of any actor. I mean, this is pre-Kramer. Yeah. I mean, but it, there's no going back once you do Jim Ignatowski. Yeah. I mean, you can't come out and do a, a different, you know, hi, this is Jim's world now, and you're like, that you can't spin off that character. It's like, you're Kramer, dude. Yeah. You crushed it. You actually nailed it. You were so good at your character that no one will ever see you as anything else unless you really try to push it. Tony Danza went on to, to do 10 other versions of Tony. Named he played, Tony. He played Tony <laughs> yeah. in like five other shows. Yeah. Tony Vanta, Tony... Yeah, he yeah. was always Maselli, Yeah, he's Tony Maselli, yeah. yeah, who's the boss? But I mean, so that's the backstory of, of Jim Ignatowski. It's a sad. I mean, it's really pretty sad when you think about it. How tragic this Harvard, you know, grad who has yeah. one bite of a pot brownie and becomes this this stoned out sort of lump. And and it's doubly sad in this episode because of the, the fact that his father dies and he's left. And, and it's not a joke. He's left with three and a half million dollars. Yeah, but his siblings uh, want to create a conservant uh, conservancy. They don't believe that. Yeah. He, they think he's lost. His, he's drugged out. Yeah, so yeah. his brain cells are gone. He's 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 dead. He's incompetent. So he can't. He shouldn't get any of the dad's inheritance and stuff like that. And so, and all he really wants is that the love from his dad and to say the recognition to say like, hey, I I'm actually proud of you. You know, you're my son, and I'm I'm proud of you as well, even though you didn't make it in the Harvard, you, didn't, you know, you're, you're a cab driver, you know, and, but I'm still, I still love you, you know, uh, and that's all he wants from this, uh, but I think it just starts off funny, because Danny DeVito starts off the episode where he's like, I gotta break it to him, and I'm the guy to do it, because I'm, I'm Iggy's friend, and I'm, you know, I, I break it to everybody yeah. in the garage, I mean, I told, hey, Prez, Prez, didn't I tell you two days ago, remember I told you that your father passed? And then Perez goes, what? He goes, oh, my gosh, I forgot to tell 
guy yeah. starts crying. He goes, all right, take the day off. He, he leaves. That's already it's funny. Yeah. Then Danny DeVito sits Jim down, and he goes, you're going to want to sit down for this. And this, this was genius about Taxi. Because like, he goes, your father's not with us. And he goes, he never was. <laughs> he lives in Boston. <laughs> I know, yeah, but Jim, yeah. But what I'm saying is he's, he's moved on to... Uh, what does he say? He's moved on to... Like Boca Raton or something. Well, it sounds like yeah. he's, he's moved on to, to his a better next, place. Yeah, a, better, or, a better place. Yeah. He goes, a condo in Palm Beach? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, stop talking. He goes, no, he's, he's, he's dead. And then it hits him, and he's like, oh, man. I told him to lose weight, and, you know, it's, it's kind of sad. And then he goes, well, just let me, give me a cab. I just want to, I, I want to work I, through my grief. I just need something to distract me from my, from my dad. And he goes, all right, take cab 410. And he goes, that's so ironic. That's exactly how much dad weighed. <laughs> <laughs> so then he leaves, and the best, one of the best jokes is Danny DeVito goes, wow, that's, that's, that was rough. I mean, first Garcia and now Jim. And, and Judd Hirsch goes, Garcia, you, you told Perez that right. his dad died. He's right. like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he told the wrong guy that his father yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the, the other great slapsticky scene is when, so, so Dick Sargent playing the, uh, so by the way, side note, uh, you know, Dick number, uh, you know, uh, Daryl, uh, uh, what's his name from? Uh, D- Darren. Darren, thank you. From, uh, from, from Bewitched. Oh, Bewitched. Yeah, yeah. So Darren number two. From, the second Darren. Yeah, the other Dick. Yeah. Dick Sargent, as opposed to Dick York. Uh, so he's playing the, the lawyer, his dad's lawyer. Fantastically cast. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly cast. He's playing the, the, the lawyer to yeah. tell him, like, hey, you know, your dad left you this money but oh isn't that great yeah. what a great cast they always had good casting yeah. on that show and then the second he says 3.5 million dollars that louis, louis like cage falls through the cage yeah yeah falls through the cage physical, the window falls down <laughs> full on he's like i couldn't help over here yeah. Yeah. Like, full-on physical comedy it's it, I, that's the other great thing i do appreciate some good physical comedy and yeah taxi always had stuff like that it was a nice mix uh so then they have to go to they have to go to a court. Yeah, yeah, to a judge. And, and, and Tony and, uh, um, and the whole gang has to prove why Jim is competent. And they do a pretty good job. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, it's funny, but yet they still really do give a good case for why Jim is competent. But nonetheless, the judge says, no, you, you need you know, some, some sort of uh, guidance. Yeah, he's like, why, why, were, why are you living in an abandoned apartment building for five for five years, years yeah <laughs> but uh then fast forward to the ending Oof. this and this is why uh christopher lloyd won the emmy that year because yeah. it's it's just such a touching it's simple a tour, tour uh, understated moment but but it, also physically funny yeah. physical comedy funny he he's in his apartment a shabby really you make no money like wow this is a rough life but he's happy he's totally fine Elaine comes to the door, and she, hey, she goes, hey, do you need, do you want to talk? You need time alone? He's like, no, come on in. She steps over this trunk. She goes, you know, you have a trunk outside here, your door. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone dropped that off. I guess it's from my father, whatever. She goes, do you want me to bring it in? He goes, no, no, I don't want it. He goes, she goes, well, I'll, I think I should bring it in. So she 
brings it in. And uh, they start talking, and she's like, if you need anything. He goes, actually, you know what? I do need some time by myself. But thank you. So she leaves, which I love that that shows like how close they are. She would go to his apartment just to check up on him. Yeah. I loved it. Then he goes over, he's like, what am I going to do? What is in this trunk? You know, and you're going, eh. it's, it's, it's $3 million. It's gold. It's something. It's jewelry. It's something. He opens the trunk, and in the trunk, it's just clothes and photos. Yeah, massive pants. Ma- like massive. Huge size pants. Yeah, so he pulls out, he goes, Dad's best suit. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulls out the pants, and he lays them on this, oh, this is a brilliant joke. I've never seen it done. You lay it on the uh, easy chair, whatever it's called, the lazy boy yeah. chair. He lays the pants down, and he takes out the blazer, the suit jacket. It's a giant, you know, 400-pound man's blazer. He's like, Dad got married in the suit. And he puts the blazer on the back of the lazy boy, and the chair falls back from the weight of the blazer. Right. And the legs kick up, and it looks like a human being. Yeah, yeah. It is genius. Yeah. That is, it's like a... That's a brilliant... It looks like he's talking to his dad. Yeah. It's a chair with a blazer and pants on. And he starts saying, I wish I could tell you I loved you. Ugh. And then he goes, i sorry, I never cried. And he starts crying. Yeah. And he's like, wow, well, here I am, I'm crying. But am I, am I crying because I of you? Or am I crying because I'm sad I never cried? He goes, wait a sec, now I'm not crying. Now I'm crying again. They just cry again. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually some comedy in there. Yeah. And he goes, I just want to tell you, I love you. And you're a pretty good guy. And I wish I could hear you say something back to me. And he adjusts his blazer. And there's something in his pocket. And he goes, puts his hand in the pocket and pulls it out. And it's a cassette tape. A cassette tape? So he goes over to this tiny little cassette recorder. And he puts the tape in. Presses play, and you hear the beginning of Stevie Wonder. And he makes his face, and he looks at the place, and he goes, You like Stevie Wonder? <laughs> Which is not the point of it all. <laughs> right, right, right. And then you start hearing the song, and it's, You are the sunshine of my life. Yeah. And it's, it hits him. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And he brings the cassette player over and puts it on the chair, as if the chair is talking to him. Yeah. Singing the song to him. That's why... I'll always be around. And then he just sits back in the couch and just puts his head back and smiles like, wow, that's what he wanted. Fade to black. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and that's where it's, it totally feels like a, a stage play. Like <laughs> that, that, like that's, that's how it's a this perfect a stage play with it. Yeah. This is, a, I mean, th- I've never seen anything like this. It's the most funny, poignant, most beautiful thing. Uh, I, I just, and it always stuck in my head. I never, We'll ever forget it. And I, I remember even playing with my sister, and we would every time we heard that song, we would be like, "You like Stevie Wonder?" Every time we heard that song, and the, yeah. and uh, I just, I, I don't know, it just always stuck with me in my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I mean, no, no, that's it, there's so many episodes from that show that stick in my head, but that kind of changed me a little bit. I always think of that, and I don't know. I even like. When my mom passed, like I, I wanted to go back to work on the Tonight Show just to get something to keep me. I don't know. Maybe that was inspired by that episode. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like uh, you know, thinking about Jim and how he wanted to 
kind of go back to his cab. And yeah, every everyone kind of grieves in different ways, as as they yeah. say. So but also when they're sticking up for him and talking about him, they're like, they're, he's actually not mentally uh, unstable. He's very capable of doing everything. I mean, he's he's one of the smartest people I've actually met in my life. And he goes, wow, if you really think that about me, then who cares about this three and a half million dollars? And he goes, Sh- shut up, you idiot. Yeah, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you like, idiots! He just said the nicest things yeah, about him. Yeah. How he's not—he's the smartest guy he's ever met. Yeah, calls him an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's so well done. Yeah, and then of course fade to black, and then the end of every episode—you can't ever forget that tag. That uh, you know, good night, Mister Walters. <laughs> that, that, that's every dude. I love you know when we do bits in the Tonight Show, we would do fake tags on things where it's like some blah 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 productions or. Paul Grickrod will make up a name. Yeah. And it's like a cat that swings a telescope so he can look at the stars or something. Because th- that always made me laugh. Or what was the one where the typing and the paper kept flipping around? And oh, yeah. Stephen J. Canal. Stephen J. Yeah. Canal. Yeah. He's like typing so fast, furiously. Oh, it's like, yeah, he has so much story. Here's to another tell. riptide. <laughs> Greatest American hero. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I, I, I love those. But uh, there were the MTM. Yeah. Was it? Meow. Yeah, with a little kitten, like the a, kitten a joke a, on MGM. Ex- yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's, uh, sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. I love all those ones. Yeah. Was that Sit, Ubu, sit? Was that Family Ties? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because was like Gary uh, David Goldberg. Yeah. So. I just, I, I, I was so happy that you asked me to come on, but I was happy to talk about this because that show meant so much to me. One of my favorite uh, shows of all, all, all time ever in history. And every time I've had any of the cast members on, I've had all of them on the shows during... I think Judd Hirsch might be the only one that hasn't been on. But Mary Lou has been on. Tony Danza has been on. Danny DeVito. Oh, Christopher Lloyd I haven't had on. But I'd love to talk to them and just say thank you. Yeah, yeah. They're brilliant. No, uh, and I bet Mary Lou remembers every date <laughs> that she's been she on your show. Thing, yes, she does. She, she could goes, prob- I remember the first time I met you. It was May 10th, and yeah. she was right. Yeah. I go, that was when I met you. Wow. I bet she remembers the day that she recorded this episode. She what was does, that, Craft right? Services? It's, it's pretty insane. Just, what a fun show, though. Also, like, the fact that a lawyer would show up to a garage to discuss the dad's inheritance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would never happen. What it's, are you talking about? Oh, suspension of it's belief, I suppose. It's the, it, but you know, of course it is. But the whole episode was on, in the garage. The other thing that's funny is when Danny's trying to kiss up to the to uh, Dick Sargent, yeah. to the attorney. He's like, he might, uh, my friend might be rich. He wants to kiss up to him. He's like, give him the best donut we have. The best, and he goes, what is this? It's, it's not even a powder donut. This is this is crap. And he throws it. He throws it like yeah. behind a cab. Cut to two scenes later. Jim walks in. He goes, this is my lucky day. Yeah. And he, he's eating the donut. Yeah. So he got hit in the head with the donut, and he thought that was a sign. Like, that was a lucky day for him. Why do you think there are so few of these multi... I mean, we talk about this a lot, uh, the difficulty of doing these kind of shows now. I mean, and, and a lot of Big Bang is just ending. You know, there are a few shows that still are able to do this, but there aren't many that are able to pull this off anymore. I don't know if we're going too fast, maybe. This might be too slow for people. Yeah. And two, it's, it, it, I think everything has to be 10 jokes a minute now. That's what people are used to. So it's machine gun comedy as opposed to all you need are like five really good ones. You only have 22 minutes or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's probably even shorter now. 
you don't need that many jokes. There's not that many jokes in this, but all the ones that are in there really score, and it sticks with you. But I think, you know, there could be a, a renaissance of these types of shows. I mean, I think now with so many, so this content everywhere, I feel like this got someone has to love this stuff. I mean, I do. I would love to watch a sitcom that was beautiful like this. You know, yeah. that is. I mean, it's it, it's you know I think it's all slowed down now but I mean I'm sure Big Bang Theory is going to be sad at one point that last episode you want it to be you need to pull the heartstrings a little bit right yeah yeah. Uh, you know Friends when they would have a moment where they're like it was the end of the first episode right we're like we have each other we're friends boom I'm watching for the rest of my life yeah you got me you hooked me that was the moment it wasn't the laughs it wasn't Jennifer Aniston and the wedding it wasn't any of that stuff it was the last two seconds or three seconds of them looking at each other like we're going to get through this with each other yeah and that's I think we need more of that it's like if you get but you can't abuse it either you can't be every week someone's dying or something right but you sprinkle it in every now and then it's like I think uh, friends did it really well well, Jim, we're kind of running out of time, so I want to ask you real quick one more thing since we're here talking about Emmys. Yeah. Uh, and you're someone who has hosted the Emmys before. Absolutely. And you know, there's been all this conversation about hosting award shows, and we saw what happened with the Oscars and the debate over, you know, how difficult a job it really is. I mean, you're a guy who does this every night for a living, but there's something different about hosting an award show, right? And what what is the difficulty level, and why do you think it is so tough to find the right host for these kind of shows? It's a tough job, and it's a kind of a thankless job, really, because of, I don't know when it happened, but it, the hosts started getting really criticized. Um, uh, to, you know, And so I think it was probably after the Billy Crystal, because he just crushed and everyone loved it, and like, who can be better than him? And it's like, no, it should just be fun. They should just have one host sign up for like the next 10 years. And you go, like, like it or not, that's our host. That's who we have. We signed... Blah blah blah. Uh, Sarah Gilmartin is our host for the next five years. That's it. Like it and 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 then just enjoy it. Enjoy the award shows because it's all fun. It's, it should be fun, and you're celebrating the best of of TV, it, which is giant. It's almost bigger than film now. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content that's you know this uh, in this era now. I mean, there really isn't even a difference I don't think so much between the internet and TV anymore it's, it's just one media it's just either you're watching it or you're not but this is the best of the best everyone should be celebrating and happy yeah 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 and there's just so much pressure now and I don't know if it's because of ratings and the irony of ratings going down and so suddenly there's more pressure on there the host there's no ratings there's no such thing it's like I, I just don't it, it's silly to even talk about it. it's like it's either you're watching or you're not you're watching on something you, you're going to see it if you want to it's like I think if you try to even speak to a teenager today about the ratings are down they'd be like what are you talking about right yeah. either, either you watch Game of Thrones or you don't I don't know where I see it I don't know what time it's on I watch it on HBO Go or, I, or you know I watch you know whatever thing it is either you saw the Avengers or you didn't see it. it it's not like oh the numbers are up or the number they don't care about that yeah. stuff it's yeah. like it is television. Is your phone? Is the internet? Is the thing? Is the thing gone viral anymore? I don't think that's a thing. It's it's either you're watching or you're not. So I think it, when these award shows come up, first of all, 
how lucky is anyone to be <laughs> getting an award for this? I mean, you really should be getting an award if you have a bad year. That's when you really need the award. Right, right. <laughs> you, well, you don't need another boost. award. Yeah. It's like, dude, I got, I got beat up in the press. Dude, I need an award, man. It makes me happy this year. Uh, that's when you really you go, I got to give this person an award. They're still standing up. I mean, come on. As opposed to someone who has just won 10 awards and they're going to win an 11th award. And you're like, it's kind of boring. Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I always loved the Emmys. I was watching them when I was a kid. My mom was a giant fan of award shows. Every uh, Academy Awards, she would get dressed up in a dress and have champagne and give her acceptance speech. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like so corny, but funny. Um, well, because the Oscars didn't have a host, of course, that's a lot of the conversation now. Do these shows need hosts? I don't think so. No? I don't know. It worked for me. What was the last one that didn't have a host? The um, Academy Awards. Yeah, so the Oscars, uh, they, they went without a host. Moved. Yeah. That was great. I think get to it. Yeah. Get to the... I mean, we just started this new thing I just wanted to experiment with. We took our our opening credits out, our opening like little short film. Like Usually like the Brutes will play a little bit. It's a Tonight Show. And yeah. We took that out. We go right to the monologue. Huh? What, what made you decide to do that? To do that? I, think it was, I think it was me watching Netflix and using the skip intro button yeah. and realizing that you don't have that on network TV. Yeah. So you're forced to watch this yeah. <laughs> every night. And you go, I get it. Jimmy Fallon's going to walk out. Yeah. We get it. You're walking around New York City. You're ordering a hot dog. We get it. There's <laughs> <laughs> no other cast members. You're, you know, you know. So I think get to the funny. Get to the comedy. I'm going to tune in at 1135, and I want to see you be funny. Give me the jokes. What's happening in the world? Give me the headlines. What is the president doing? What's, what's, the, you know, what's the new pop culture thing people are talking about? Show me a viral video, and then let's go. Yeah. I, entertain me. I'm tired. <laughs> I worked all day. I don't need to see you walk, walking through New York. And it's beautiful. <laughs> so I, think, it's, I get it. And it's, know, fun. it's fun. Yeah. We're trying it. I mean, I, I, you know, we're always up to try new things, and any idea is always... We always love any idea on our show, but we're trying that now. But I think there's always ways to change things and grow in the right direction and see, like, you know, like we, we just surpassed 20 million subscribers on YouTube. Will that matter in five or ten years? People might not even talk about subscribers. It might not make sense to people. But it's a big deal for late night hosts. Yeah. No yeah. one's even going to do anything close to that. But it's like we focused on that. We were like, oh, if this this does works this way like we can make more people watch that which is great for our writers and uh, they get paid and people get to see the bit that you spent all months writing for whereas Johnny Carson you would write a bit for Carson and you see it that night and that was the end of it yeah you you, you gotta go where the people are and that's where the people are well also but isn't it great to go I, I wrote that sketch and they go, what sketch the one that was on last night I didn't see last night You'll never see the sketch yeah, ever yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Except wow. for like in a best of yeah, Carson. Now you can day. go yeah. online and you go, oh, that's the sketch you're talking about. That's the Avengers thing they did. Or that's Ariana Grande singing musical impressions. Or that's Jimmy doing Bernie Sanders rapping to old, uh, old Town Road. I was watching you croon to Hungry Like the Wolf this morning <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> with the roots. Dude, that was like, well, the fun thing about our show is that also it's a variety show. Yeah. Which I think aren't really around anymore. But you can sing. And you could wear, a, you know, you could wear a costume or an outfit or do a sketch or play a game. It's like it, it really is a true variety show. So we're lucky to have that great band. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have the roots, you take advantage. How of great the roots. do they sound? Right. And like, so we do this bit. It's not for our show. It's for just for online for short form. 
and it's uh, called Cover Room, where we have different bands come on. We go, is there any song that you want to cover? Just go in this room, and we'll light it differently, and we'll have a different, we have a remote crew, a digital team that films them, and they'll do a cover song. So we've had Kesha do one. We've had uh, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats do Atlantic City, which is a good version. Um, and so I go, well, maybe we'll do one, just me and the Roots. Why not? Yeah, We're yeah. here. So I go, let's do Hunger Like the Wolf. Yeah. Just, the lyrics are tricky. Yeah. I, I, like, duck in the city, night is a wire. Night is a wire? Okay. Right, right. I have right. no idea what that means. I think most of us just kind of go, exactly. That part I know the words to. Yeah. But so we just did that, yeah, just for fun and just see how we could play and experiment and expand through whatever whatever medium it is. I don't know where it ends up. I have no idea. We're number one on MySpace right now. <laughs> exactly. Friendster? Yeah, exactly. Um, we actually did re- release something on MySpace today. Did you really? Yeah, we did a thing called Beto Breaks the Internet. Oh, I saw someone just, uh, we got the press release for so that. I put so one on, I put one on MySpace where it's him singing with himself, kind of in a garage. I have one where he's uh, on Instagram where he's at the gym standing on things because he loves to stand on things, Beto O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. I have one on Facebook where he's just answering Facebook questions, moving his hands all around. He loves his hand gestures. And we did one more uh, just using the, is it, is it AS? ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. Why is just right into the microphone? Right. Just whispering. And he has a secret ponytail that pulls out and starts combing his ponytail. <laughs> it's pretty silly. But we try to hit all different social things and a thing called Beto Breaks the Internet. Not for our show, just for fun. Just have fun. Well, just to see what happens. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What's, I, I, it's fun. <laughs> it's exciting. Um. I have one more question to ask you after this. So let's, uh, we'll wrap up the, the, the podcast and then let me ask you something real quick. Um, Perfect. So Jimmy, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm and I so honored and I love it. Thank you. I love the TV. show. Thank you. And I'm just so happy to give credit where credit's due. All those guys that worked so hard on that episode of Taxi, Christopher Lloyd, I love you. And all those guys. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm happy to actually give props to those people that inspired me. Thanks, Jimmy. Great seeing you. Bye-bye. That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time.